0: Thank you for having me, Joe. Hi, welcome to
1: the podcast. I am Joe poznanski and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome.
0: Thank you for having me, Joe.
1: You're welcome. That was a little robotic, I gotta say. I a little... it was like a
0: little plaintiff, almost <laughs> like a little like sat, like a little urchiny or something.
1: You're... And and I know why. I know why. You're you're not a Thanksgiving guy. This yeah, is not your I favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably what you're hearing in my voice—is sadness about Thanksgiving.
1: <laughs> Just not your favorite. Not your favorite. All right, I have to tell you something. I'm a little bit sad about, but before we get before we get rolling, uh, but it's something I'm a little bit sad about, and and it's not uh, something that I should be sad about, um, but but I am. Um, I so deeply love Lamar Jackson. I so deeply enjoy watching him play. I, mm-hmm. I I I don't see how you can be anything other. Why, why did the Ravens have to take him? I,
0: I know. know. It's a bummer, isn't it? It's
1: a bummer. It is I'm sitting there watching uh, a bit of Monday night football where Lamar Jackson was just his typically incredible awesome self and and I loved watching him at Louisville as well, even though I'm not even a big college football guy. I just love watching him play. And, and i find myself rooting for him and, but I can't root for the Ravens in any way, shape or form. And I'm, it's, it's put me in a, in a, in a quandary. I feel like I'm in a quandary.
0: He was, uh, so what, what number was he drafted? Do you have any recollection?
1: I not only have that; I have it in front of me, so I can tell you some of the people who were drafted in front of him. Was
0: he, he in the, was he drafted in the second round?
1: He was the thirty second pick, so he was the last pick of the first round.
0: There we go. So every essentially every team every team had on a team. him. Every, yeah, every so, team.
1: and four of those teams took quarterbacks. Right. Uh, so Baker McField,
0: Sam Darnold. Josh Allen Josh
1: and Allen. Josh Rosen, right? The two Joshes. So just uh, but
0: think, Josh Allen is like Josh Allen seems like he might have a skill set that's that's kind of interesting and that team's 8 and 3 and blah blah blah. But like imagine yeah. how fun the Bills would be right now if they had Lamar Jackson.
1: Well, I'm looking, I mean, look, I, it goes without saying Arizona, Miami, whoever Josh Rosen wherever he's playing now. Uh that that goes without saying. But but here's the one that I'm going to say cuz because it's a team that even though they've been a rival of of the Browns uh, Uh, they're a team that I would thoroughly enjoy seeing Lamar Jackson and that's Cincinnati. And, and the Bengals did not take a quarterback. They took because they're the Bengals, the second best center available. (laughs) (laughs) A guy named Billy Price, Billy Price, center, Billy Price, um, out of Ohio State, so for obviously scouting budget a little low. They couldn't get all the way down to Louisville, which is two hours away. They went up to Columbus, which is an hour and a half away. And uh, oh, it just would be so much better if he was on the Bengals. I mean, maybe it wouldn't. Maybe he'd go on the Bengals and they're such a screwed up organization that he'd be terrible and it would stink. But it's hard to see how he could
0: stink. Yeah, you know, and also you know? there's also teams where like, so, okay. Uh, you referenced my dislike of Thanksgiving. One of the things I dislike about Thanksgiving is that everybody looks forward to football, football, and Thanksgiving, America, football, football, Thanksgiving, the military football, America. That's how people think about Thanksgiving. But my thing is, as you well know, the football always stinks. There's right. the games are bad. The lions yes. are bad. The Cowboys, we don't like, we don't get enough of the Cowboys in prime time in the regular season. Uh, and the, but think about how much how much more fun the next 12 thanksgiving's would be if Lamar Jackson played on the lions oh, now i know goodness. the lions yeah. have matt stafford and he is you know uh he's, he's, hurt, he's right he's, i mean, he's, he's, he's he's currently hurt but he, yeah. matt stafford is like a very good quarterback who when he retires will own every single <laughs> passing record because he's been playing since he was a rookie and he as key was the first he, his generation is like that first couple years when suddenly the entire league was like, oh, we're doing nothing but passing, right? So he throws for like 4,800 yards a year, and he's going to shatter the, if if he stays healthy, he's going to shatter the all-time like career yards. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then 85 other people will break it. Uh, (laughs) But the point is, I get that, like, you know, the Lions, who picked, by the way, the best center available in the draft, Frank Ragnow right. from Arkansas, right. one sure. pick before the Bengals picked their center. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, they weren't looking for a quarterback, but it's just, that's just, that's one of those, the luck of the draw things where you're, you're like, well, there's, there are some teams that need a quarterback. There's some teams that don't. And the teams that need, a, that, that don't need a quarterback are, on, they only don't need a quarterback because they were so bad that they either took a quarterback. A different quarterback this year or have taken a quarterback sometime in the last three years. Right. It just stinks that it it like worked out this way, that the 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 Ravens were like Joe Flacco's on his way out and so we need someone else new, blah, 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 blah. And you end up with the most exciting player the league has seen in in ten years on a team that I hate. Everybody hates. Nobody <laughs> likes the Ravens. Not even Ravens fans like the Ravens. Nobody likes the Ravens. It's a no. How
1: can you like the Ravens? I mean, come on, seriously. I mean, other than you know, no, but you can't. You can't like the Ravens. And here's and here's the the thing, though. And this is why the Bengals specifically stand out for me. The Bengals stink. They stunk then. They did not have a quarterback that they that they could feel good about. It was they went in there. There's no way that Bengals team could have looked at their team going into the 2019 season. Uh, or 2018 season, I guess, and and said to themselves, "We're we're a center away. We're a center away from <laughs> from, from, from from being a Super Bowl." I mean, give me come on. And now, like they are literally just calling quarterbacks out of retirement to try to get quarterbacks to play for the Bengals. And and Lamar Jackson was right there. and He's right down the road. He's in Louisville for crying out loud. Yeah, I, it's that one. It drives me, and and I, you know, look, I'm Lamar Jackson, so wonderful that that I I will root for them because you know, and I would say that that uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, is is the same way. So I mean, I yeah. think Lamar Jackson is the most exciting because of the, the he's even better runner than well than anybody, but but you know than Mahomes, but Mahomes is magical in so many other ways with the little no look throws and everything else he does. We've had two of the most exciting players not just quarterbacks players uh in recent nfl history drafted in the last two round last uh, three years and neither one of them was taken the you know the the mahomes was also taken at the end of the first round or the early second round well that's the
0: way it is i mean garoppolo whose team is 10 and 1 or whatever (laughs) is it was a was a second round pick and you know yeah like it's always the case like you know look baker mayfield we'll get to our browns minute in a second but Baker Mayfield yeah. might be he was the first overall pick he might end up being a franchise quarterback Sam Darnold has actually looked really good in the last couple of weeks that he's been healthy so there's like there's there's it's not like the some of these teams totally blew it um it's not a, a Darko Milicic situation but <laughs> at the same time it just is a bummer that because there are there are more abundant franchises in the NFL and as you well know I've talked about this a lot you and I both really like it when a, a team breaks out of a decades long slump yes. and wins a championship like that's it's the most exciting thing in sports it's, it's exciting when any team to me like when the white Sox win a world series after 90 years that's cool when, oh yeah you know, absolutely. A, right so so we had the opportunity here for say the lions to draft this guy and suddenly yes. become like a legitimate contender. The Ravens have won Super Bowls. They've been good yes, they consistently have. for a long time. Yes. That's probably not an accident that they took that guy because it means that it's a well-run organization. It just stinks that you couldn't get that guy, that kind of generational talent on a team like on the Dolphins or the Buccaneers or something, some team that uh that stinks and that could use... a a total revolution in the way that it plays
1: no question by the way let me correct myself Mahomes was the 10th pick I I thought he was drafted lower uh but he was actually the 10th pick and and uh Deshaun Watson was the uh 12th pick uh both of those of course taken uh way too late uh you know when you look at Mitchell Trubisky being the second overall pick in that draft so I'll also add
0: here that the Bengals had the 54th pick in the second round And at that point, only one other center had been taken. So they probably could have let their guy fall.
1: (laughs) You you think? But then they wouldn't have gotten safety Jason Bates or Jesse Bates. Excuse me. Sure. uh, Who I might be good. I have no idea, actually. I don't know anything about the Bengals other than I don't care about them because they don't
0: have Lamar Jackson. I watched my first full start to finish nfl game on sunday i watched the cowboys patriots game i had to get up uh, i asked
1: you about that if you were gonna if you were gonna actually watch that game i
0: didn't respond because i was embarrassed to say the answer was yes but I, (laughs) i woke up uh i had to wake up at six in the morning to bring my jerk son to a baseball tournament and um sure and then we were there for four hours and then i came home and i was so exhausted all i wanted to do was sit on the couch and and i was like well i'll watch this game this is a big game And it's always fun to root for Jerry Jones to lose something. Uh, (laughs) Even if it's at the hands of Robert Kraft, who the rest of the world probably thinks it's just as fun to root for him to lose. Oh, absolutely. I watched the whole game and God, it was so boring.
1: (laughs) It was so terrible. It was such a bad game. It's funny because I actually settled in. To watch it because the Browns had had just won in in big fashion, and I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of in a football mood. This is great. The Browns just won uh, a game where they there was actually no sweating in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, which is never happens. And and I thought I'm going to settle in. That's when I texted you. I'm like, eh, hey, should I watch this game? Oh, what a mistake! I, yeah. I couldn't even I couldn't even sit through it. I mean, it was and look, the weather was bad and all that. But first of all, I don't. And, you know, I know Patriots fans are going to jump on this, but I, I don't want to watch Tom Brady in this period of his career. I mean, first of all, he has no weapons and all that, but he ain't the same. He's just not. I, I don't think he's the same. And it's like, wow, watching, you know, this this guy at 42, he still thinks he's going to play forever. And, and all they do is, and they're the worst kind. This is the Patriots team that reminds me of those Yankee teams where you're like, how are they winning again? What's the yeah. story? Oh yeah. They're just getting every fumble and, 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 uh, and, and interception. And, and uh, you know, everybody seems to make the worst dumbest mistakes against them. And it's just, oh, I, it was awful. So that, I didn't watch it. It
0: actually of. weirdly has come all the way back around to the team. They were the first year Brady played, That's right, right. Which I agree is with like, that they score like 17 points a game and their defense and special teams are just better than everybody else. And they just right. out scheme and, people. And but Brady it, doesn't make mistakes. And, and they make don't mistakes. make mistakes. That's right. And so, and then he's got like, you know, he's got one, um, they call like four, they, they, like the whole game, Belichick has never been happier, by the way. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, he's so happy when he wins a game 13 to nine in the freezing rain that has one touchdown in it. Like some weird thing that is like that it was like imprinted upon him when he was like a child watching Navy play without like and winning without throwing a forward pass. Like he's so he's never been. I've never seen him happier than he was in that game because it the, the, the game was like a blocked punt. A, a field position battle involving like, like second and six rushing plays, <laughs> terrible weather, like good defensive scheming, and yes. and like and like expert punting, and he's like, oh, that, that's heaven for him. He's he could not be happier. He's never more miserable than when they win fifty-two to three. And like right. everybody out. that's when he's miserable. When he's happiest is when they win thirteen to nine in the freezing rain in a game with one touchdown.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could not have been happier. That hoodie thing that he was wearing, like that big, huge coat that he was wearing, yeah. I, I think, I think he would wear that every week if he could. Yeah, just, like, be- like,
0: he's. I'm. I guarantee you that the game balls for that game went to Matthew Slater, who blocked the punt, right, and then some third string defensive tackle who did it, who executed a particularly good twist. Rush, pass rush on on third and three in the in the early in the third quarter and like the gunner on the punt team who like yes. downed the ball at the 10 like those are that's what he wants he doesn't ever want to give game balls to like wide receivers or quarterbacks or anybody it's all like these obscure third string guys who make who like execute like zone blocking schemes <laughs>
1: it's so funny it's so it's so interesting with him because of course you know like everybody else I i cannot tolerate belichick in in so many ways and yet they show all of those commercials for him doing the nfl 100 the 100 year uh anniversary thing where they picked i guess the 100 best players or or whatever i don't know i've never seen it on nfl network and every time i see the commercial i see him so happily Saying something like, oh, you know, Marion Motley could have played in any era, you know, and I just think <laughs> I think I like that guy like that guy is awesome. Like that that guy who like is just living old NFL film and, and uh, like that guy is awesome. So yeah. that's the best of Belichick. He,
0: he won't everyone wonders, like, is Brady going to retire? Is Belichick going to retire? Belichick won't retire until he achieves the following. Are you ready? Here's the scenario. Okay. This is is the moment Belichick feels like his career is complete and he can retire. He fields a team of entirely guys who graduated from either Navy or Rutgers, (laughs) uh, each of whom was drafted in the sixth round or later they right? win eleven games and make the playoffs. <laughs> when he can do that, when he can, when he can achieve that goal, nothing but Rutgers and Navy, sixth round or later. Uh, but he, he got them by just trading down, trading down, trading down, <laughs> and they all and they make the playoffs at with at eleven and five. He'll go. My job, my work here is complete.
1: At the at, at his Hall of Fame uh, induction thing, and people are waiting for him to talk about Brady and and all of the great. And he mentions none of them. He just keeps talking about that one team. You yeah, know, that keeps... one
0: team that had those that that guard uh, who uh, who uh, you know had the highest uh, you know percentage of pancake blocks in the league that year with eleven or whatever. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love this so much. All right. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, but uh, well, we don't. I mean, it's the podcast. Nothing matters. But right. uh, but there really is one main focus for this week, because by the way, I, I don't I don't want to give too much away. But uh, there is a very special podcast coming uh, in the next uh Oh, it's about a week, probably in the next week or so, right? There's a very special pod. You know what I'm talking about.
0: I don't know if I know what you're talking about. You really don't know what I,
1: I can't say what it is. It's a surprise for, oh. for, for everybody. Uh, but mm. you know what it is mm. and I know what it is. And uh, our friend knows what it
0: is. Mm. So the- Oh, wow. oh, 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 <laughs> I didn't, re- I didn't realize that was happening. I'm so glad that's happening.
1: <laughs> no, it's happening. The last Which ha- time,
0: we, this is a very bad topic for a podcast when you can't actually explain what you're talking <laughs> about. But something very special and interesting and fun was planned by Joe. Yes. And then, but there was some like... There was a little bit of like, is this gonna actually happen or not over text right. that I didn't that I that I don't know where it ended up, and I'm happy to hear that it ended up in the right place.
1: Yes, yes, and it ended up very well in the good place. It did end up in the good place. And <laughs> uh and uh and yes, yeah, so that anyway, but so that's coming up, but but we've got some things to cover here. And the main reason we're doing this podcast is to discuss the most important topic, uh, I think in the world, there's not that much going on in the country. So I think this might be the most important topic, which is, uh, early in the baseball hall of fame voting. Uh, we are only, I only believe six or seven ballots have been revealed. However, in that, uh, early sampling, uh, of, of baseball hall of fame votes, a substantial percentage of those people, I think it's like two out of six right now. Um, voted for only one person for the Baseball Hall of Fame, and the one person they voted for was Derek Jeter. And uh, and they left off every other player on the ballot, including uh, several of them who were, um, quote-unquote, better than Derek Jeter. And so... Um, <laughs> This is a topic that must be discussed, and it must be discussed at great length with great rage. So I will let you begin because you actually uh, just went on Twitter with with what I thought was a very reasonable uh, thought about Derek Jeter being a fine player. Uh, but Twitter did not seem to uh, agree with you. Uh, well, so, is that fair to say?
0: Yeah. So when Jeter retired, I'm not really one to troll people. No, uh, on Twitter, I, I I generally don't like being trolled. I find myself susceptible to trolling, or even when I know <laughs> I'm too. being trolled, I just can't help but scream at people. Um, so when Jeter retired, I just couldn't take it because very few people caused me more psychic pain over the course of twenty, <laughs> 20 years than Derek Jeter. Like that's I, true. So I I just I did this thing where I was like, when Jeter retired, I was like, look, I'm going to get killed for saying this. But Jeter was not a great shortstop. Uh, He was he was a a, a solid player. He was surrounded by other (laughs) talent that helped him. Uh, He was overrated. And I pretended to go through some I just cherry picked some stats, some dumb stats and did a fake sort of money ball analysis of Derek Jeter and uh and after and, and it went on and on and on and on and then uh, like 20 tweets and i was like of course i'm kidding the guy's a hall of famer i'm this is a joke but the vitriol that came my way predictably it, i mean it's yes. like this is what well, i did it for the vitriol it's not like I didn't know it was happening it was intense and uh insane so so now Cheater's on the hall of fame ballot. And it's so five years have gone by <laughs> and something inside me compelled me to do it again. And so I yes. did the same exact thing. I said, look, I'm going to get killed for saying this, but, uh, he doesn't belong in the hall of fame. He was a B plus no. player, blah, 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 blah. And I just well, did the what same. You
1: said was, what you said was, and this is why it was such a perfect troll. What you said was he was an above average hitter and, and a perfectly fine defensive player. And he's probably a Hall of Famer, but not first ballot. That's, That's right, what yeah. you said, was, which is a, which, a much different kind of troll because that sounds serious.
0: It's a slightly more sophisticated <laughs> troll, right? Because it's like I'm, I'm copping to the idea that the guy's a Hall of Famer right away, but just saying like he doesn't deserve to get on the first ballot. And again, and and then there were some like, there's some very funny people who got caught in my trolling net. Um, Rich Eisen, who's a friend of mine, his, his kids, uh, his kids and my kids go to the same school. Sure. Rich Eisen like came at me hard and was like, <laughs> "If you have this opinion, then you then you better have the same opinion about when Ortiz retires," because he was just a DH. And it was like I then, of course, I immediately feel bad because Rich is the super nice guy, and uh, and uh it, love talking to him. Always love seeing him. Oh, so, so happy when he's at a school event that I go to because I know I can talk about sports for. 30 straight minutes with someone who's excited to talk about sports <laughs> sure. and uh and I, and I was like oh no now i now <laughs> look, look i've done this poor rich rise, and so uh but i did this i didn't have it in me to, to keep it up for 20 tweets like i did the first time but no. um but uh the the point is is like Look, everybody knows Derek Jeter is going to get in on the first ballot. Like, there are half of the Baseball Writers Association of America has only hung in this long so that they can cast their vote for (laughs) Derek Sanderson Jeter for the Hall of Fame. Like, and he'll probably be unanimous uh, unless somebody has a contrarian position or decides that has that. I mean, now that Mo broke the uh, thing of nobody's unanimous, it's hard to imagine that Jeter's not going to be unanimous. He has 3,000 hits and five rings and blah, 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 blah. But. It is very funny. It's very deeply funny to look at this ballot of people and say the only guy who deserves to get in is Derek Jeter. It's not like it's a super strong class for the first uh, for the first year guys. It's it's really not. Like no. there's a there's a couple of guys I think who you could make an argument for, but there's like seven or eight guys on this ballot who should get in oh, and yeah, absolutely. the idea that you only vote for Derek Jeter. It's, it's playing into the, I thought we were done with this, right? Cause it's like the worst part of Derek Jeter worship is you, it's not enough just to say Derek Jeter was great. You have to say he was the only one who was great. <laughs> That's the, that is the attitude that people carried about Derek Jeter. He was the only baseball player. He was the only yeah. guy who played on the team. He was the only American league player. He was the only shortstop who ever played. He was the only Yankee who ever played. He was the only person who ever did anything in the postseason that was good. That was the attitude about that guy, and it just drove me up the wall. And I really thought we were done with it, and now here we are.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's very very annoying. And and here's it, it, this is exactly right. There are a couple of things about about unanimous that is because I was thrilled when Mo uh was was unanimously uh picked last year when Mariano Rivera finally broke that not because I thought Rivera should have been the first one. Of course he shouldn't have been. It should have happened a hundred years earlier, right? Or fifty years earlier. I mean it should have happened with with Ted Williams. It should have happened with Jackie Robinson. It should happen with Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Johnny Bench. I mean, they're, you know, Tom Seaver. You can go through long line list including more recent players like Greg Maddox and Randy Johnson and Pedro. I mean, who, who's voting against these people? It's absurd. So, so I was thrilled when he did. However, because a admittedly great and, and, you know, I think clearly the best closer ever, but a closer nonetheless was taken, was the one that got the first unanimous because there are, there were legitimate like contrarian arguments against Rivera. I'm not saying I would have ever. You know, done any of them? Unfortunately, nobody did. But you could say, look, the guy pitched sixty innings a year. He, he couldn't make it as a starter. I mean, there, you could make arguments um against him, but nobody did. Finally, so now you've got Derek Jeter. Look, Derek Jeter was a fantastic player, great player, should be a Hall of Famer. Was Derek Jeter significantly better than Barry Larkin? I mean Barry Larkin took years for for Barry Larkin to get in. Yeah. Was he significantly better player than Alan Trammel? Alan Trammel didn't get in at all by the by the players uh by the baseball writers. You know, he had to go in with the uh with the veterans committee. I mean, you make arguments about who do you compare Derek Jeter with and and that's when people lose their minds because they don't believe anybody <laughs> could be compared with Derek Jeter. Oh, those guys are Jeter and clutch and this and that and you know and and one of the people who who was the the person who one of the people who voted only Derek Jeter to the Hall of Fame. Which, by the way, that will continue. I I do believe. I don't think it's going to be as prominent as it's been. I don't think it's going to be thirty percent, but there will be others that will only vote for Derek Jeter. I, I think that oh they're, yeah they're trying. They're going to try to prove a point. Yeah, he wasn't a cheater. He wasn't a scumbag. He wasn't whatever. And they're going to try to prove the point. But one of the uh, one of the uh, reasons that one of the voters who did it, who only voted for Derek Jeter, wrote a piece about it and and explained what it was that made Derek Jeter. And it was all of the infuriating Derek Jeter. Arguments like every one of the inf- it wasn't you know there was at no point in there did they go well you know he was also actually a terrible shortstop and if he had played left field you wouldn't be quite as obvious that he belongs in the Hall of Fame and th- none of those arguments were obviously in there Um but one argument that was was how great he was in the postseason which is fine because I, he had many fantastic moments in the postseason but the argument that he made was comparing his stats. From the postseason to the regular season, which, as you all know and have talked about on this podcast, they're not that different.
0: Identical. You know, you- <laughs> they're for the record. Regular season, he was he hit three ten, three seventy seven on base, four forty slugging. Postseason, 308, 374 seventy four, four sixty five. So two points lower batting average, three yep. points lower on base, twenty five points higher slugging, which is. You know, that's
1: what he chose. He chose slugging to talk about. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's astonishing. So, yes, I think this is the worst of the worst elements of Derek Jeter. And it, a, a 99.9% of them have nothing to do with Jeter himself. You know, I mean, this is just the mythology that built around him and people just want to cling to it. And I get it. You know, it's it's a game of mythology and all of that. But I don't see and look. People are not going to vote for Barry Bonds because of of what Barry Bonds because of steroids, right? People are not going to vote for Roger Clemens because of steroids. People are not going to vote for Manny Ramirez because of steroids. People are not going to vote for Kurt Schilling because he's you know a lunatic. Um, I don't know that I would. Who would you rather have? Like as a player, if you were picking a player uh, for your team to start a team, and you had those five players, those four, and Derek Jeter, Jeter ain't the first pick. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, that see, this is the problem, right? Is like, it's not enough. This, this is, this is the, this is the dying vestige of the old world of this kind of stuff. Where it's yes. like, we're, you know, we we've made so many great strides that you know, Jacob Degrom can win back to back Cy Young right. awards when he's only winning twelve or thirteen games a year because people now finally have internalized the idea that pitcher wins are stupid and. Right. And we there are so many things like that. So starting with Felix Hernandez uh, winning with uh, whatever it was, sixteen wins or whatever, you yes. know, we've we, we've had Zach Grinke win Cy Youngs. We've had guys win MVPs who didn't lead the league in home runs and RBI like they used. It just used to be that guy, but there is still this like we're at the very very tail end of this thing where the late '90s Yankees teams had this quote mystique and aura end quote, and so now you're getting these things where you're getting this collision of the steroid guys, the PED guys at the tail end of their 10 year candidacy. Right. And the, the new candidacy of Derek Jeter specifically and Mariano Rivera. And you know, there will be a couple other guys in the next couple of years where you're like, well, these guys played the game the right Right. way like that. So you're getting this, these gears are grinding together And we're back to this era where there's going to be people who just decide to pick specific statistics to make the case that this is the best thing. This is the best guy who ever played the game. My favorite thing about Jeter, by the way, side note, his playoff career, which is obviously stellar. uh, You know, he had so many amazing moments. The the flip to to get Giambi at the plate and the home run, Mr. November, blah, 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 blah. Of course, because he played in, uh, whatever it is 33 postseason series <laughs> over the course of his career he
1: also had 158 t- games he played a yeah, full he played season. season
0: he was yeah. he, he literally played another entire season right and yes. and he also had a bunch of series where he was terrible like yeah. and in fact some of them were kind of key series in the 2004 ALCS against the Red Sox when they humiliatingly got up 3-0 and then lost he hit 200 230 uh, 333 233 at a 567 ops he was six for 30 in that series he was bad he yeah. didn't hit a home run. He didn't do anything like he was bad. And there were a bunch, of course, there were a bunch of those. He
1: was terrible in the 2001 World Series. You couldn't you couldn't get a hit.
0: Yeah, he was, yes. He was was the World series,
1: they, he, you could argue that he was the difference in that series was that he did not play the way he had played all year.
0: Yeah, he was four for 27. He hit 148. And by the way, in the ALCS in that same year against Seattle, he was two for 17. So yeah. he was six for 44 <laughs> over the course of two playoff series. But my favorite thing about it is, In in this, he was great in the ALDS in the sixteen ALDS he played in. He was very very good in the seven World Series he played in. He was really bad in the ALCS. I don't know why. He had two fifty seven in the ten ALDSs, three forty four twelve. So like not, he was just average. He was mediocre. Um and and it's the it's a little bit like the thing you you point out about Brady where like he has this weird thing where he's really bad in AFC Championship games. He's like. His stats are like so weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I mean, they still win them all, but <laughs> but <laughs> he's which is same same with the Yankees. They still won them all, but he right. he uh, yeah. Brady has that thing where like his he has like only a two to one touchdown to interception ratio or something in AFC championship games. But the the point is like now we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna look at that. Now we're gonna only look at like the five moments that you remember, which is yeah the bad way that this stuff used to go instead of actual analysis. It was like I know what my eyes told me, and my eyes told me that he hit that home run and became Mister November. And it's like, well, yeah, but you that's because your eyes don't remember that he was seven for forty seven or whatever in the two thousand one playoffs.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. And and look, it's the eyes is the same thing with with his defense. I mean, there there is not a there is not a viable defensive statistic that that shows him to be anything less than well, well below average as a shortstop. But he won with a bunch of gold gloves and and he looked good and that jump throw that he did was 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 fun and terrific and and he was so smart. I mean how could he possibly not be a great defender and and all of that? And that's the eyes and because he absolutely was he was, you know, he will Bill James wrote this years ago that that in order to be the worst defensive shortstop in baseball history, you have to be an amazing hitter right. because otherwise you would, they would never let you play shortstop. Well, that Derek Jeter is the worst defensive shortstop in baseball history because he was a fantastic hitter and he insisted on playing short for his whole career. And, and so they, he played short and he was not good. And, you know, and it didn't seem like he wasn't good, but I'm not even talking about the super advanced numbers. You just look at his range factor. Just the balls that he got to—it's just always well, well below average. I mean, he just didn't get the balls, and and uh, and again, not saying this in any way should should keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Of course not, but it is saying that when you compare him to a guy like Scott Rowland, who was an incredible defensive third baseman and and a very very good hitter in a much shorter career, but still, um, you know, that's that's why. That's why we should look at these things a lot more closely and not just let our hearts lead us wherever wherever our hearts want to take us because right. I, I, I think that's fair. All right. Let's do a couple of we, – we have some Twitter questions, so I wanted to do a couple of those before we get to our draft. Um, we're going to start with Daryl who wants to know – this is a good one. What is the equivalence in other sports of the Astros cheating? Ooh. Yeah, which is really good. So, of course, the Astros are in – in some hot water for uh essentially when well, not essentially for stealing signs uh using electronic uh surveillance methods and 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 really really tactful signs that they gave to each other like whacking a garbage can every time a like a a uh, uh an off-speed pitch was supposed to be coming um and basically you know would sort of ruining their whole 2017 World Series as far as I'm concerned. I mean, yeah. I who knows if it really what kind of effect it had. it doesn't matter. We do know that they uh that they cheated during that time. And of course, there's a question of how many other teams cheated or whatever. But the question here is what is the equivalence in other sports of the Astros cheating? Do you do you think it is the Patriots uh I mean it's filming almost, the sideline.
0: It's, it's almost a direct analogy to yeah. Spygate, right? Because yeah. that was them training a um, a camera on the opposing team sideline. It's actually, act, I think, it's probably worse than that because the Patriots were essentially using, or like they couldn't use that information right away. The Astros were, were it seems like, were doing engaged in a sort of, uh, you know, upper level sign stealing that they were using instantaneously, like pitch yes. by pitch. I don't True. know how a football team could use unless they were broadcasting the signals immediately to the sideline. But even then it doesn't matter because then it's like baseball is like every, every play starts with a pitch that is either one thing right. or another. I feel like the Patriots were stealing those signs so that they could use them later, like in the next game or something, or if they met that team That's in the playoffs or maybe yeah, the, yeah. Look at the, looking at them at halftime or whatever. Or at
1: halftime. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking, yeah. I, it could definitely have affected the game, but it's not – it's 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 just it's, it's just a different game so yeah. i mean you've heard you've seen the video of the guy pitching um and and them hitting the garbage can every time he was throwing an off speed pitch right yeah. you've seen that video i yeah. mean it's it's to see it and then to see him finally think it's so ridiculous he calls out the catcher and changes signs that is like wow that is really hardcore cheating right there I mean yeah that is- it's it's really
0: bad it's also an extreme bummer like uh, because that team awful. that awesome. team like has more talent than any other team they yeah. drafted so well Altuve oh and Gregman and Correa and all those guys and Verlander they traded for Verlander and they traded for Cole and I mean obviously oh, yeah. the 2019 team not the 2017 team but, but still they they are so smart and they're so good and like the lat and since basically since the moment they clinched the ALCS over the Yankees this year, it's been nothing but garbage coming out of that head so front Trump. office. And it's such a bummer because yeah. there's no, it's like I said, they've broken, they had never won a World Series before and they did it in a heroic fashion. A thing you predicted three years earlier in Sports Illustrated. And, <laughs> and they, it what like, what a feel good story that entire organization was. And then suddenly they have a meathead moron who, uh, who like makes fun of women for caring about domestic abuse. And and then they sadly try to cover it up or brush it on the rug and it blows up in their face and they have to fire the guy, which they should have done right away. And then you start to poke around and you go, Oh boy, it seems like maybe he's not the only rotten apple in the basket there. And then now this, and like, and this is really bad. This is like, I mean, the real question to me is if, and when, they, they kind of make their final determination that this was like a systemic thing. I, do they strip them of their World Series title? Like, what do they do? What I, are the punishment I, here? It's really dicey.
1: It's dicey. I don't think they can do that. I don't think they, they, they can. I don't think they should. I, look, history is history. And, and that team won the World Series. And I don't know what role this played. And it, and it was cheating uh, that I think needs to be punished uh, harshly and needs to be punished right now. In other words, you know, what it, What does it really do? Everybody is always going to remember the 2017 Astros won the World Series. And now everyone will also remember that there's an asterisk. You know, if, if, if you are a person who believes this is sincere cheating, there are those who do not. But if you are a person who believes this is really bad, then you'll always remember that about the 2017. The same way I never – watch the, uh, the Giants win the pennant, uh, home run without thinking about the Giants stealing signs, you know, during, during that year. I mean, I never think of, of that in a legitimate way, the way that, that I used to, but I think they need to punish them now. And I mean, I think that's draft picks. I think that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's various other, uh, penalties uh if 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 they find out who's basically responsible. I mean they have shown a willingness to ban guys for life, you know, for for you know, look what they did in Atlanta. So uh they can be really harsh and I think they should be really harsh. If they if they believe that this is unique, uh, that this is that this is really flagrant and and all of those things, then I think they should come down very hard. I mean, that's just you can't have this. This is this is what everybody said steroids did. They said it 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 ruined the integrity of the game. Right. This is hardcore ruining the integrity of the game right
0: here. I mean, the, it's when you think back about the World Series, and it's hard to do this. It's hard to do this retroactively, and and you know, it's impossible. You can play revisionist history forever, but you know, Kershaw shut them down in Game One of that series, yeah. and. Um, And they, you know, then Houston won two in a row and then the Dodgers came back and won game four and in game five Kershaw pitched again and they lit him up. Now, I don't know. Is it because they Mm -hmm. were seeing him for the second time or is it because like they decided to engage they were away? right in the first game and they were home right. in the second game and they maybe had a better approach i like that's the, that this is what you mean when you say that it ruins the integrity of the game right. now instead of just thinking back about a really amazing world series that went 7 games and that had a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns now you're like well did they really beat Kershaw that second time or were they just in Houston and they used some kind of sophisticated cheating system to read his signs and knock him around the park a little bit in a way that they had not been able to do at all in game one.
1: Well, it's it's a it's like I said, the fact that you have to ask those questions is what tells you that that the integrity of the game is 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 questioned here. Yeah. All right. Yankees Howie wants to know.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> shut up, Howie. <laughs> Whatever you're about to say, shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> will Houdini will Houdini make a cameo in the final episode of the Good Place? Ah, that's uh, a good
0: question. Hmm. What a good
1: question! Eh, no spoilers. We can't. There'll be no spoilers. <laughs> Although I will say there is magic in this year's uh, in this year's uh, Good Place. That's
0: there's, true. There's- yes, we we there was an episode. The, the seventh episode of the year <laughs> had uh, Michael the Ted Dance's character got very got very excited about sleight of hand magic and did some very badly in the. Uh, And his aesthetic was sort of a, you know, Houdini era aesthetic. Like he. Yes, very um, much so. Yeah, it wasn't like Chris Angel or something. It was more like (laughs) the old timey guys.
1: I loved it.
0: Get Started wants to know are the Los
1: Angeles Lakers for real? And what, and he does not add this, but I will add this. And what, how much of a bummer is is it that they might be for real?
0: This is causing me like a legit crisis in my life because (laughs) I hold two truths to be self-evident yes. LeBron James is the best yes and the and the Lakers suck and yes. I don't know how I don't I just don't it's know the Lamar
1: Jackson it. thing. it's the Lamar yeah. Jackson thing but it's again. more
0: intense because the Lakers have been offensive more longer than the Ravens the Ravens weren't even around 20 years ago so <laughs> this is a real problem for me because I love LeBron James I admire him greatly I think he's the greatest basketball player ever sure. I have said this before I'll say it again LeBron in his prime plays Jordan in his prime one-on-one. If LeBron gets the ball first, LeBron wins 10 nothing, and Jordan never gets the ball. LeBron, like, LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. He's taller than Michael Jordan. He outweighs him by like 80 pounds. He is better. He's better at everything. He's better at three-point shooting. He's better at driving. He's better at, at everything. He's better at everything. He's better at rebounding. He's better at passing. He's better than Michael Jordan. I don't care uh, who uh, needs to hear this. <laughs> But it's true. So uh, I, I, but I also the hate the Lakers. I hate the Lakers right. so much. They're terrible. Yes. They're the worst organization. They have the worst fans in sports. Maybe their fans are entitled beyond belief. They believe that winning is their birthright, and unfortunately, they're constantly proven to be true <laughs> because <laughs> they get LeBron and Anthony Davis um and i by the way i love anthony davis too that's the other thing i love anthony davis he that guy's great so i just i don't know i don't know how to deal with this it's very very difficult for me to deal with this current situation i agree with you but i'm also going to say this i i think they're really
1: good i i mean i you know last year was such a such a weird, you know, purely from LeBron, forget the fact that it was the Lakers, uh, was just a weird LeBron year. He was hurt and had, nothing really came together and, and you, nobody really knew who was in charge and the Lakers have been pretty poorly run for a few years now and all of that. And then they went this offseason, first of all, getting Anthony Davis, forget just that alone. And then they're good. I mean, I've watched him play a few times. LeBron looks completely reborn and and... I think they're really good. I mean, I think they're a real threat. The
0: I, only I, thing that stops them is health, right? If he gets hurt again, so. or Davis right, gets hurt, right. like yeah, that, that's the. I think I don't see any team in the West beating them. Although, whatever the West is so good, like you could imagine Denver somehow beating oh, them in seven games. You know,
1: absolutely. And I know you're not a fan of that Houston team, but you know that team is dangerous. I mean, it's there's there's there are teams out there that could beat them, but uh, the way they're playing, I just think. I think they're the. I think they're the best team. When, I think fully healthy and going going at full at full throttle. Uh, I think they just might be the best team in the NBA. Did you right see now, by
0: the way that is, LeBron is 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 a uh, 18th on the career three pointers made list now? It's <laughs> <in the laughs> top 20 in three pointers made. He's he's six nine and weighs 265 pounds or something. It's just crazy. <laughs> the great
1: thing is if LeBron had played. I don't know what, 15 years earlier, 15 years earlier, if he had come into the league in 1989 or whatever. Um uh, I guess that's more than 15. But anyway, whatever it would be, like 1989, he would have like four career three-pointers, right? I mean, like, like right. even even though he could do it, they'd be like, no, don't you, you get down low. That's it. That's your job.
0: But like he's as tall as Bill Russell, right? Like he's, he's yeah six see, nine. Russell was 6'9", right? Like if he had yeah, played – yeah, if he had played fifty years ago,
1: oh yeah, he would be a he'd have been a center. He would have just backed people down. He would have been like he would have been a really, really, really good, uh, um, you know, Nate Thurmond. I mean, like it would just be a completely different, it'd be a completely different thing. All right, last question from uh, I, 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 I excuse me if I don't pronounce the name right, uh, Nick Oferman, I think, and uh, his question is, uh, and I think it's a good one. Hot blueberries or hot cherries? I think that's that's the question. So which which one are you going with?
0: Well come to this has it. Betrayed by my own friends live on the podcast. Ask hot fruit questions right before Thanksgiving when you know very well that I have to deal with hot fruit every night for like the next week. This is a this is a low point. This is a true low point in my life with Nick Offerman. <laughs>
1: That's it's 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 you're totally wrong. It's such a great question.
0: And uh hot and blue- I gonna- wait, sorry, the question is hot blueberries or hot what? Cherries. I mean yeah. I'm I'm obviously <laughs> refusing to answer, but also I would like to object to the the entire premise of the question that one of them is better than the other. Because they're both they're both crimes against humanity and moral failings
1: perfect time to go on to our draft, which is uh, we are drafting things we are thankful for in 2019. So it's not like, at least the way I viewed it, maybe you'll see it completely differently. It's not sort of a big picture, we're thankful for our families type of thing. It's more like, what are we thankful for in the world today? Where, you know, it can be a little difficult to figure out things we're thankful for. So uh, I believe I had the first pick last time. So you are taking... You get the first pick.
0: Well, um, given the fact that there are people uh, who have decided that they're going to vote only for Derek Jeter uh, (laughs) on the Hall of Fame ballot, my first pick that I think I'm thankful for is the career of Andrew Jones.
1: Oh, Um, I love this.
0: The career of Andrew Jones, center fielder, uh, Atlanta Braves, one of the greatest uh, defensive center fielders of all time. Um, yes, way, saw. burst on the scene in 96 with a, with as like a 19 year old or whatever he was in the world series, almost single-handedly won that world series for Oof. the, um, for the Braves uh, did not sadly, uh, for the record career OPS, uh, 823 Derek Jeter career OPS 817, just a little tidbit. I'll throw out there.
1: Oh, that's an interesting little tidbit yeah, threw
0: out there. A little yeah. tidbit, uh, tidbit, uh, to throw out, um, he was a he was a, an incredible defensive outfielder and a, and an excellent hitter. Um, should he be in the Hall of Fame? I think there's a very strong argument he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's probably not going to make it. He didn't. He kind of he 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 never. If there was a, a strike against him, it was that he sort of seemed to underachieve based on his early premise. Um, uh, promise, I'm sorry, um, but you know he he was a great player. It's 62 career WAR as as a center fielder, which is excellent. And, um, I, I think if I had a hall of fame vote, I think I would, I would throw him a 10th place vote.
1: Love it. You know, this is going to be a great year to figure out some of these things, because in the past, I, I think you could look right past a guy like Andrew Jones, because there, he wasn't one of the 10 best players on the ballot. Even if you thought, Hey, he might be a hall of famer. There were 10 players on the ballot who were, were pretty clearly better than him. And you're only allowed to vote for 10. So, but this year that's not the case. This year, there are probably seven guys that, that there's seven, let's put it this way there are seven uh, who are JAWS qualified. So, uh, Jay Jaffe came up with the great JAWS system, which, you know, uh, combines a player's career uh, uh, value along with his peak value, his best seven year value, and to create one number uh, to determine, you know, really who's Hall of Fame worthy. And there are seven guys this year. And in the past, there have always been 10, 11, 12. Um, Andrew Jones is not quite uh, there, but he's pretty close. And you're right. Look, the value that you get from being an incredible center fielder and a great power hitter is pretty rare in baseball history. So uh, I haven't made my decision, but he is very much on my mind as I uh, as I uh, try to come up with 10 players for the Hall of Fame. So uh, so that'll be good. All right, with my first pick, uh, and I'm glad that you didn't take it because I uh, uh, I'm glad that I get to take it. Uh, I am thankful that we actually just had a decade where the Yankees did not go to a World Series. Uh, I think that's that is uh, a wonderful, wonderful thing. It, it has only happened, I believe, what is one other time since Babe Ruth? Is that right? Um, I think that's right. Yeah. And um, or has it not happened since Babe? Or maybe Ruth? it hasn't. Oh,
0: maybe that was a thing. It hasn't. I think happened, it's not. Right? I
1: think it was the first time it had happened because the eighties were sort of like that, but they got to the World Series in like eighty one, right? Or eighty yeah, one. They
0: lost to the Dodgers, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, which was, which was good, but the Dodgers too.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> so anyway, it was great. I mean, look, the Yankees still uh, were incredibly difficult to deal with. They won more games than any team in baseball uh, over the decade, which is, which is hugely annoying. And they did it, even though the team kind of collapsed really from a talent perspective, uh, they made so many bad decisions and, and, and deserved much worse than they got. They should have had some losing records in there. They should have uh, really fallen off the map, but they didn't because of some sort of weird Yankee magic. I'm thankful they did not make a World Series, and I think that's a great thing.
0: It's a great, great call. Um, (laughs) My second pick, um, things I'm thankful for, uh, the career of Gary Sheffield.
1: Oh, I like it.
0: Gary Sheffield, uh, terrifying hitter. (laughs) Um, The scariest hitter uh, maybe ever. I've ever remember. right. Yeah. I think the scariest hitter ever. So, twenty seven hundred hits, five hundred and nine homers, uh, a slash line of two ninety two, three ninety three, five fourteen. He had a one forty OPS plus. Just uh, for the record, Derek Dieter's OPS plus one fifteen. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, just uh, throw that out there. Uh, not a great defensive player. Cannon for an arm. Uh, incredible yeah. arm, but not maybe yep. not the greatest. Uh, you know, whatever he was at third for a while. He played the outfield, whatever but absolutely a hall of fame worthy person. He's in his sixth year on the ballot and he's never gotten higher than 13 and percent of the vote, which is, you know, there, whatever people didn't like him. There were some PED rumors about him. Right. I right. think, or right. something. He,
1: he admitted to like, like involuntarily using the cream. Blah, that right, blah, blah, blah. Like right.
0: That? Who yeah. cares? Uh, right. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he should be in the hall of fame. So I'm thankful for the career of Gary Sheffield.
1: I like it. Gary Sheffield is 100% right. And here's the thing, like he's an automatic Hall of Famer 25 years ago, right? Yeah. When 500 home runs gets you in automatically. So, so that whole thing got screwed up because, you know, so many guys got to 500 home runs, but Sheffield was, what a hitter. What a I mean, and you know what's hurting him, by the way? Manny. Manny being on the ballot. Oh I, yeah, I just definitely. think, you know, that because he, he's, he's not quite Manny, but he's pretty darn close all right my second pick i'm taking the wonder of one soto uh you know i could have taken a lot of different young guys in baseball but soto was so much fun he's so awesome he's young he does that crazy fun little dance when he takes a pitch he's a little bit arrogant which is like but in a super fun way um that swing is just golden i mean he's just so awesome I love Juan Soto. Juan Soto is like one of those players that just reminds you why baseball is so great and and we need those reminders because like right now it's kind of sucky with with them trying to cut <laughs> minor league teams and and uh, and uh, the the uh, cheating and all the other ugh. so I'm gonna focus on what I'm thankful for, and I am super thankful for Juan Soto.
0: great, great pick. I'm so happy we get to watch that guy play baseball for the next twenty years. <sighs> So great. Um, with my third pick, I'm gonna take the career of Billy Wagner. Oh, I like it. Billy Wagner um was like was like four three, I think. He was four <laughs> foot three.
1: Let me look that up. Let me double. Something like check that. that. It's, it's, I'll, I'll it it might
0: number. not be exact, but I'm close. He was uh he was four foot three. He right.
1: threw three and a half. Up, and a
0: half. He threw right. 140 miles an hour. That's right. Um he his career whip. This is my favorite thing about him. His career whip was under one. It was 0.998, which is wonderful. Uh, In um, however many, and let me see what innings he pitched here. He, uh, it doesn't say. There you go. 903 innings, 601 hits. So basically he, he gave (laughs) up. If he, if he had thrown a hundred games, he would have given up 60 hits. That's just ridiculous. (laughs) Like, uh, he, he No one could hit the ball off him, ever. No, he couldn't hit him. He had 1,200 strikeouts and 300 walks in his career. Look, he was he as good as Mariano Rivera? Did he have the career of Mar- Mariano Rivera? Not quite, because no one did. But given some of the other relief pitchers who have gotten mm-hmm. into the Hall of Fame recently, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a strong argument for keeping Billy Wagner out of the Hall of Fame. He, he, he was a, an absolute stud reliever for a very long time, and I think he deserves your vote.
1: I think that's right. I I don't. I never did see the argument for Trevor Hoffman and not for Billy Wagner. I just I never saw it. I never understood what what the reason would be. Uh, he was he was a more dominant pitcher than than uh, than Trevor Hoffman was. I I just it's he was he was as dominant as any pitcher ever. In the sense of you know of course he did it in much shorter spurts and he was whatever. But I mean his the. The, the league hit 187 against him in his career. That's yeah. over his entire career. And here's the other thing about him, really quickly. At the end of his career, he was 38 when he retired. He was coming off an insane season, absolutely insane season, where the league hit 159 <laughs> off him that you know that year. 159. He was seven and two with a 1.43 ERA and 37 saves, and and he retired. He he was an All Star. He retired. And so he did not pack on a bunch of, you know, meaningless saves uh, at the end of his career. So he ended up with 422 saves. And I think that's what's keeping him out because Hoffman kept going and Hoffman ended up with 600 saves. I'm not saying that Wagner could have gotten to 600, but he certainly could have gotten to 500. And anyway, good argument. Good yeah. argument for, for Drew Wagner. All right. Uh, with my third pick, I am going to take Skorigami, uh because it's something we didn't talk about last time and I meant to for us to talk about it. So if you don't know what I'm talking about on Twitter um, and maybe in other places, I don't know, there is a, there is a, a Twitter feed uh, called scorigami You can look it up where essentially all they do is root for unique scores in NFL games. And, and the rhythm of it goes that it will at halftime of every game, it will tell you, you know, it'll say, Oh, you know, Browns are leading 14, 10, the chances of a scorigami are 4.3% or something like that. And then they will give you a score that is unique, that is most likely to happen. And then at the end of games, they will tell you there was no scorigami. And they will tell you how many times in NFL history, including the most recent time that that score was, uh, was achieved. And, it's so wonderful. I You told me about it, and I was like, ah, that sounds fine, whatever. But now I am entirely hooked on it. Uh, and first of all, I'm hooked on what these scores are that are unique scores yeah. in NFL history, right? It's like, oh, 22-11, like, that's happened? How has that happened? But then, like, there's, there's, there's one score, like, I don't remember exactly. It's like 36-24. There's some score that it's like, oh, you would think that would have happened, like, fairly often. And then, like, certain scores that are so... Wild, um, and they but they have happened so love score. Scorigami
0: rules, theory. it's the best, everyone should follow it. It's the only reason to follow the NFL. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all right, fair. for my fourth pick, uh, I'm going to pick the career of Omar Vizquel. Um, now I don't know if I would vote for Omar Vizquel for the Hall of Fame, but he's probably what the second best defensive shortstop ever after Ozzy Smith, you might say. Yeah. Um, he's in that ballpark. He also played for so long that he almost got to 3,000 hits. It's really amazing. He had 2,877 hits, uh, which is amazing. It's so funny that he got that far because he couldn't hit. He was, not a, good he was um, not a good hitter. He just played for so he had 10,586 at bats <laughs> in his career. He had a thousand more at bats almost than Barry Bonds. Uh, he, he had so many at bats. And, yes. uh, and, uh, Ben, like, I just respect that. I respect he was also part of those incredible Indians teams that had those, that ridiculous Kenny Lofton, uh, Vizcal, Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, that yeah, crazy yeah. team that should have won a World Series and didn't. Um, but I just think he's so, he's as good defensively as anyone has ever been at the position. And, uh, I'm very thankful for his career, uh, here in his third year on the Hall of Fame ballot.
1: And for the same reason, that it's the exact opposite of the Derek Jeter thing. How good was he defensively? You know how good he was defensively based on the fact that he kept getting at bats for 55 years. Right. I mean, he they, they, he was an 83 OPS plus guy. I mean, this guy could not hit. Uh, he had a couple of years where he hit pretty well. But I mean, as a, overall, couldn't hit. He was out there every single... And he was so... He was indestructible. I mean, the guy's playing shortstop at 44 or whatever. I mean, it's... It's it's a wonderful, wonderful career. And his bare hand uh, plays um, unmatched in baseball history, I think, as a, as a shortstop to just catch the ball with his bare hand and make throws. Incredible. All right. With my fourth pick, I am selecting uh, Baby Yoda. I am taking Baby Yoda with my fourth pick. Um, and here's here's the thing I want to say, and the reason I'm taking Baby Yoda. First of all, Baby Yoda is wonderful and joyous. It's from the uh, new Disney Plus uh show the mandalorian and I'm not going to give any details other than to say there's a baby Yoda on it and baby Yoda's brought our whole family together but the main reason I'm going to say I love baby Yoda is there's a backlash to baby Yoda coming like everybody now loves baby Yoda everybody's doing all sorts of you know memes and 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 putting little uh you know little things on Twitter and comparing things and everybody's like oh loving it but Things like Baby Yoda sooner or later become jokes and become uh, people start rebelling and 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 really hating it and it gets ugly and I want to be on the record right now for saying at this moment in time that I think Baby Yoda is awesome and in our family a whole family loves uh, Baby Yoda I will buy Baby Yoda merch I don't care I love it and uh and and it was I'm so happy. Um, that I got Disney plus just so I could experience the baby Yoda thing.
0: Wow. I didn't realize the podcast is now sponsored by Disney plus.
1: <laughs> I know. And here's the other thing that, about Disney plus is, uh, so I, I, I did, I bought it and like, what, it, we're the only ones not sponsored by Disney plus. I mean, it's just, <laughs> they're just in your face every minute of every day, but then I get Disney plus and I'm just like, well, cause you know, we'll, we'll have it. And all the Simpsons are on Disney Plus. It was just like I had no idea that you get the entire Simpsons, like all ten or five hundred seasons of of the Simpsons. So I'm like, yeah, you got me, Disney Plus. I'm sorry. I mean, you
0: you, you, you totally
1: got me. So, all
0: right, Disney Plus. All right. Uh, with my fifth pick, um, you know, again, a lot of people are saying they're only going to vote for Derek Jeter for the Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah um obviously this whole draft has been pointing out uh, how absurd that is with my fifth yeah. pick i am taking cold fruit
1: <laughs> okay that's it
0: mm-hmm. no just explanation. cold fruit just fruit just picked off a tree or a bush and then kept in the refrigerator nice fresh cold fruit doesn't have to have anything added to it. Don't have to put any more sugar in it or cream or a pie crust. You don't have to add heat. No reason to add heat to it. It tastes really good. It's full of sugar and it's also full of fiber and other m- vitamins and stuff that are good for you. And it uh, has evolved over billions of years to taste good to omnivores. And you just pick it and you eat it and it's juicy and yummy, and good without anything being added to it. And that's why I love cold fruit.
1: Okay. Uh, Good. With my fifth pick, I am taking uh, fruit pie. Because fruit pie is incredibly delicious. It is warm and comforting. Perfect for this time of year. Brings people together. Delicious. It does not have any... It does not have any problems with cold fruit. It loves cold fruit. Cold fruit's delicious. Cold fruit is wonderful. But warm pie, so good, so tasty. And there's a chance, if you agree with me, you can go to this website, (laughs) cb.plus, cb.plus forward slash great debate. That is cb.plus forward slash great debate, and there's a T-shirt there that you can buy that says "Hot Fruit Hot uh, Fruit Pie is delicious," and uh, and if you buy this T-shirt, one you'll be super happy because fruit pie is delicious. Two, you will be super happy because uh, all proceeds from these T-shirts is going to charity. So uh, I don't see any reason why any human being. Wouldn't want to have a fruit pie's delicious shirt. There is another shirt available at that site, cb.plus forward slash great debate. There is another shirt available. I see no reason why you would buy it.
0: All right. Well, this podcast <laughs> is over.
1: No, we have to do one last meaningless thing, right? This is it. I mean, okay. This is here's my last like, meaningless thing. Enough. Here's
0: my one yeah. last meaningless thing. Joe's wrong. <laughs>
1: That's, that's not me. You, you believe that to be meaningful. You you absolutely believe that's be meaningful. By the way, the T-shirt, the other T-shirt, of course, is Hot Fruit is Disgusting. Uh, and Mike gets, you know, that we, we have sold. And by the way, we just brought these shirts back. I guess I should mention that since yep. we're trying to actually sell these shirts. They have just come back for the holiday season. We sold them last year, raised, uh, oh, I believe, $7,000 for charity, which was, was wonderful. That's pretty good. Uh, we, I was thrilled. I couldn't believe how that was awesome to be able to give those to um we we're gonna choose different charities this year, but we gave 7000 dollars to charity last year. We don't expect as much this year, but uh by popular demand, and that and that is I'm not even joking. People literally wanted this back. The shirts are back. New charities, uh and and uh and so Mike will uh will get all of the hot fruit is uh, disgusting money to uh give to his favorite charity. I will get all of the uh, correct uh, fruit pie is delicious shirt uh, money to give to my favorite charity and uh I, I just don't see why you pick a side. All right. I mean
0: perfect, if I'm the... it's a perfect holiday gift for anyone in your family.
1: Exactly right. Pick a side and 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 stand by it. I think that's fair. It's
0: one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible, places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast whoa, it's one last one.
1: All right, my my very very quick uh, one less meaningless thing is just totally separate. But it, since it happened yesterday, I went to see the movie Ford versus Ferrari yesterday, which is which is delightful. It's 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 a it's a fine movie. That's not the point. Uh, the movie started at seven o'clock. At least that was the time they gave. The movie actually started at seven thirty because it had more commercials and uh, and trailers than any movie I've ever seen ever i mean literally a half an hour i looked at my watch to see what time the movie started it started 30 minutes late than the than the time because of uh commercials and trailers and i love trailers i'm a movie trailer guy i i appreciate them but but that's ridiculous i i, I you my money is not good enough to to like get me a uh a, a movie without commercials i mean i thought that was the whole point of going to a movie was that you didn't have to endure commercials
0: well, there's, a, I, I don't there's know. A, there's You're a wrong. theater out here in LA called the Arclight, which dispensed with commercials, and it's nice. uh, the only place I see movies. <laughs> is <laughs> that true? Yeah, that- yeah, because uh, I don't want to see the whole point of going to a movie, is it's a <laughs> commercial free experience.
1: That's you would think, you would, and by the way, there were a lot of because it was Ford versus Ferrari, there were a lot of car commercials, and I'm like, what I don't get enough of these in my life. I mean, I don't know. That's – all right. I'm I'm all for banning commercials at movie theaters. That's all I'm
0: saying. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: Yeah, it's happy Thanksgiving at all. Enjoy your fruit pies. Mike, as always, thank you.
0: Thanks for having me.